You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. I'm excited about sharing this morning. I believe that God's put something specifically in my heart on purpose for today. Uh, I believe that it's gonna help us as we get ready to move forward into a new season because summer is coming to an end. How many of you are ready for triple digits to go away? Amen. Yeah, and all the Lord's people said amen. I'm getting to this place where I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna take the cold. I will take the cold. I will, I will just bundle up and figure it out rather than 106. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. But uh, on Friday morning, on Friday morning, I got, I got woken up by the Lord at probably 1.30ish, uh, 1.25 in the morning. And there was, this, there was this phrase that was just resounding and it was just washing over and over and over in my mind. And, and it was this phrase, all the speckled and all of the spotted. All of the speckled and all of the spotted. And it's 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, Lord, what are you, what are you even talking about? And why, why are you awake right now? <laughs> First and foremost, why, why are you awake? We're supposed to all be sleeping. And so I go into the bathroom where I keep my phone because I'm not mature enough to have my phone next to me. Because if my alarm goes off and it's next to me, I'm just going to turn it off. So I have to put my phone in the bathroom so that I have to actually get out of bed and turn my alarm off. And so I'm that kind of person. And if you're not, uh, good job, you're more mature than I am. So I get in the bathroom, find my phone, I put, put the note in my phone, all the speckled, all the spotted, go lay back down. Just in a couple minutes later, the Lord wakes me up again with more stuff to write. So I go back into my notes once again. And so I'm just like, Lord, what, what is happening? And I feel like the Lord just began to speak some things to me. And today I, I hope to uh, share some of these things. And I, I hope that the Holy Spirit will help us uh, as I just, I'm gonna say just a few things that uh, I just feel like the Lord is saying. Today's message might come out just a tiny bit different than normal, uh, but I believe that God is in the business of helping us make sense when we don't understand, amen? And so um, I just hope to draw some things out of the word this morning that, that prepare us as we get ready to go forward into the fall. So I'm gonna pray really quick and then we're gonna dive into some of this. So Father, I just, uh, I'm so honored and so thankful uh, as we all are for just the opportunity to gather uh, in a place like this in the name of Jesus openly and freely. And I pray, Father, that you would just uh, enlighten us this morning, that you would just share revelation with us uh, about what the season of the fall looks like in our role within it. And I pray that you would just give us courage and strength to tackle things and to go after things in this next season that just pave a way where there was no way before. And so we honor you and we thank you for these things and we pray them in Jesus' name. If you agree, give me an amen. Amen. I uh, stand here and realize that there are a lot of differences in the room. And there's a lot of different types of people in the room. We have older people, we have younger people. We have hip people, then we have people like me. Uh, there's a lot of people that are different in the room. There's male and there's female. And as I look at the differences, I am reminded of one thing at least that we all have in common. At some point in our lives, we've all fallen victim to trends. And for the fun of it, I want us to remember the, the trends that we fell into that have to do with the way that we dressed because we've all been victims of bad dressing at some point in, in time and another. Am I right? Like how many of y'all remember junior high? And you're like, oh, I don't want to remember junior high. For me, it was the long denim shorts with the Tommy Hilfiger socks to the knees and Doc Martin sandals. Y'all remember this. You're laughing because you know. 
Some of you ladies, you remember uh, the season of Rocky Mountain jeans with that little flap thing. You remember that little flap thing? Yeah, y'all remember. If you're like my dad, he was born in the 60s and he tells me stories of getting the tightest Wranglers that he could find and then laying in a bathtub of cold water, then getting out of that bathtub of cold water so that his pants would dry even tighter, (laughs) wearing a crop top to the skating rink. That is truly a victim of a trend. Like, I don't know how to say it any other way, but like, there's a time and a place when all of the men in this room will enter the season of white New Balance shoes and jeans and a windbreaker every day of the week. Like there are these moments in time where we fall into these different trends of dressing and clothing that uh, man, it could just get really, really dangerous. There was that season of skinny jeans and the shirts that went down to the knees with the dovetail in the back and all of those things. And uh, that's kind of around. And then there was that fad at one point where people were wearing their clothes backwards. Thank you to crisscross. Like there's all these different things that we were just truly, truly victims of, of bad trends. Do I have anybody that agrees? The thing about falling into a trend is this. Every trend that we fell into, we fell into it because we saw someone else do it first. You're like, well, not me. I'm original. No, you're not. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. No, that's literally the way that it works. Like we see something that catches our eye and so it it becomes so appealing that we actually start doing the same thing. We repeat the thing that we see. This happens in our life all of the time. It happens when we were kids, when we're following our dads around in the shop or in the garage. Like if dad spit, what did we do? We spit. If you're in the car with dad and he starts cursing the driver in front of him, what did you do? You start cursing the driver in front of him. Parent tip, don't do that. Uh, Where's my wife at? For her, for sure. She, 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 she's sweet, but she's full of road rage. She just, she, your kids are in great hands back there. Just don't let her drive with your kids. Leave that up to me. I pray every time. I'm like, Lord Jesus, please protect my kids. This is the reason that parents created that saying, do as I say, not as I do. Because we see the things that they did and we wanted to repeat those things in our life. And so I feel like we've all been in this place of, of being uh, victims of trends and what we look at, it really, really matters. What you fix your eyes on, what you put your attention on, it really matters both good and both bad. And so earlier I mentioned that the Lord had woke me up with this phrase ringing in my ears, all the spotted and all the speckled. And I knew that the Lord was speaking to me and, and as I woke up, the, when I actually woke up the next morning after he left me alone, and I woke up and I started thinking about what, what is he actually saying? I, I knew that I'd heard this phrase in a story in the Bible before and so I started looking and it's Genesis chapter 30. We're gonna go into Genesis chapter 30 but before we get there, I just wanna kinda give you a little bit of an idea, a context of what has happened this far. So Jacob, is on this journey and he comes to a well. And as he's at this well, I'm speeding some things up, I'm gonna leave some details out so don't email me later uh, that I missed it. Uh, but. He, he goes to this well and he, he meets Rebecca and he takes, takes delight in Rebecca. She's, it's, the scripture says that she was beautiful. And so as he re- meets Rebecca, then he meets Rebecca's dad who is Laban. And so he, he's like, Laban, so like, listen, like Rebecca, like she has got all of the things. She checks all of my boxes. So what are the odds of a girl like me and a guy like her getting together? Joshua didn't say that. That was Lloyd Christmas. I'm sorry. That was dumb and dumber. No, he's like, literally, I'm really, really interested in your daughter. Like, what do I do to have her? And he's like, okay, well, here's what you need to do. Seven years. Give me seven years. Serve me for seven years, and I'll give you Rebecca. 
So he's like, I, c- I could commit to that, I'll do that, sounds pretty, in- sounds pretty steep, but let's, let's do that. So seven years is over, Joshua goes to Laban, he's like, hey, my time is over, give me my wife, give me Rebecca. So Laban throws this giant party, invites all these people. Well, I don't know what they were drinking at this party, but they were drinking something that was so strong that Jacob didn't realize that when he went to sleep that Laban switched daughters on him. So he put Leah in bed with Jacob and Jacob actually sleeps with Leah instead of Rebecca. I'm, I'm sorry, Rachel instead of Leah. Leah instead of Rachel, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all knew, you are just waiting for me to know. And he wakes up and he's obviously probably outraged as, as anybody would be. And so now he's forced to serve him another seven years so that eventually he actually gets to have Rachel as his wife. And so this is where, this is where we're, we're kind of caught up to in Genesis chapter 30, verse 25 through 43. I know it's a little bit of scripture, but uh, we need to get used to that sometimes. So you can just open your Bible. New King James is what I'm gonna read out of. It'll be on the screen behind me. And I wanna dive into this for just a moment. It says, it came to pass when Rachel had borne Joseph that, jo- that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place, to my own country and give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go for you know, that my, for you know my service which I have done for you. And Laban said to him, please stay if I have found favor in your eyes for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said, name your wages and I will give it. So Jacob said to him, you know that I have served you and how your livestock has been with me. For you have been, for, for what you had before I came was little and it has increased to great amounts. And the Lord has blessed you since my coming and now when shall I provide for my own house? Verse 31, so he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything if you will do this one thing for me. I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flocks today, removing there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And these shall be my wages. So my righteousness will answer for me in a time to come. When the subject of my wages comes before you, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs will be considered stolen if it is with me. And Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted and the female goats that were speckled and spotted and every one that had some white in it and all the brown ones among the lambs and gave them into the hands of his sons. And then they put three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flock. Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white stripes in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs where they, the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods and the, fl- and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled and spotted. Then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face towards the street and all the brown of the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves and did not put them with Laban's flock. And it came to pass when the stronger livestock conceived that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them 
he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants, camels and donkeys. So you're like, what in the world does all of that mean? That's a lot of speckles and spots and browns and whites and all of these things. Jacob, he says, all right, Laban, I'm just agreeing to take care of your, I'm gonna take care of and feed and care for your flocks once again. But before I do, I want you to remove anything that is streaked and spotted. And if you find anything after the fact that is not streaked or spotted or brown among the lambs with me, consider them stolen. Laban thinking, yeah, this is a slam dunk deal. Like this is the perfect deal for me. I, I'm totally in for this. So he, he actually separates the, the sheep and the goats and the lambs just as Jacob has said. So he separates all of those, leaving only the solid colored sheep and all, only the solid colored goats with Jacob. You follow me? So he's, he, he leaves them, separates himself, three days journey, all of the things. Jacob then takes these tree, these tree branches and he carves parts of the branches uh, of the, the bark off to expose the white parts of the branches. And he sets them in this, this, this place where when the goats and the sheep come into water, they're looking at streaks and they're looking at spots. Y'all follow me? This is brilliant. And as they come into this place, they begin to produce the thing that they were looking at. I was, I was reading about this, I was just like, how, how, is this, how is this a thing? This is crazy, but it worked. I read this article that talked about sensory stimulation in goats. And basically what this says is that if you, ex, if you expose a goat or a sheep to bright light for 12 to 18 hours over a period of time, it will cause them to go into their estrus cycle early. What Jacob was doing was actually genius. And it actually, it actually worked all of a the sudden these white and black sheep and these white and black goats, they begin to produce spotted and speckled sheep. And that was what Jacob actually got to keep for his payment. This is what I feel like the Lord is saying. I feel like the Lord is saying this, God is wanting us to pay close attention to what we're fixing our eyes on as we get ready to come into the fall, because what you give your attention to is what you will produce in your lives in the future. Amen. Just as these sheep and just as these goats, they were, they were caused to go into this one place, to water in this one place and, and visually be stimulated and it caused them to produce something that they shouldn't have been able to produce outside of, outside of God. I believe that God is trying to position us in such a way that we would actually look at the right thing so that we would produce the right thing in the fall season. I was talking to Keith yesterday, just we were exchanging this conversation about what we're gonna preach and different things and I shared what I was talking about and he said, man, that is so crazy because a few weeks ago, the Lord gave me this phrase and he told me, Keith, get ready for the fall. Keith, get, get ready for the fall. Like there's something powerful, there's something unique, there's something specific that's happening this fall. And, and I believe that, it, that God wants something to happen in your life this fall. I know the summer has been excruciating hot, made a joke about the triple digits a little bit ago, but if I can make a play on words, I would say this. I believe that we're about to come into heat in the fall. So in verse 38 of everything that we read, it says that he, 
would place the rods that he peeled and he would set them before the, the flocks and the gutters and the watering troughs so that they should conceive when they come to drink. And what you need to understand is that in the Hebrew, this word conceive, it means to be hot or to go into heat. He sped up this extra cycle and I believe that what the Lord is saying in this moment is he's saying, I, I want to remind you that I am this bright shining light that if you will pay attention and you will focus your energy and you will look right at me, I will cause you to be thrusted into a place of getting ready to receive an impartation from me so that you birth something in the future that looks nothing like you ever thought you would ever produce. Like a white goat and a black goat, not, it shouldn't produce what they produced, but it was because of what they were looking at. I shouldn't be standing in this place and most of the people in this room shouldn't be in a church, but at some point you started looking at Jesus and everything started shifting. That's what the Father, that's what the Father's pointing us to. He's reminding us that he is those white streaks in the branches. He is that bright light that one, sends us in this place of being able to receive, but then also he is that thing that when we look at, we actually become the thing that we're looking at. We look, we think, we look, and we act more like the Father every single time we just get our focus on him. John chapter eight, verse 12, it says, then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but have the light of life. You know, we're coming off of a, an incredible summer at Rooney Life Church. There is wild things happening. Like the Brave Co. men's group has been absolutely amazing. I know there are things that are happening in families. There's things that are happening in men. There's conversations being had uh, that I've heard guys say, I, I've never been this open with my wife before. And I don't know if you know that, but that's a victory. Uh, there, there are things that are happening in the women's ministry and the women's night, and women sharing their testimonies and, and the things that God has done for them and them celebrating and rallying around them. And this weekend, the songwriters workshop, there's this creative uh, fire and energy that's just spreading like wildfire. And people just are getting truly set on fire for God. And I just believe that all of those things are incredible and I'm celebrating and I'm fired up and I'm all of the things for all of the growth that is happening. But my charge is this to you. Please don't expect the wave of the summer to carry you through the fall. Jesus, when he was teaching us to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Like last week's bread ain't probably any good right now. I don't know how many of y'all eat leftover bread that's old and moldy in the natural, but I know I've been subject to eating old moldy bread in the spiritual when I was just letting and leaning on the thing of the old that the Lord had done for me to actually try to propel me and fill me uh, as if it was going to satisfy me in the future. The Lord is breathing all of the time. He is living and he is alive. And I just believe that he wants to breathe on you and he wants to, 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 to help you celebrate what you've gone through and what you've, what you've brought into your life, but he wants you to continue to look at him, the author and the finisher of your faith, that is Jesus, so that you produce something that you've never produced before. Amen. 
I, I want to encourage you to like allow the momentum of the summer to be the thing that propels you into a deeper level of courage to dive further into the things of God. Like let them be the momentum. Like if God has done the things that he's done, won't he do something else? If he has done the things that he's done, won't he actually do more? Because he is constantly, he can't be searched out. You can't exhaust him. He's always got something more that he wants to do in your life. It always goes back to Jesus. And if we came to the kingdom of God looking for something other than Jesus, we came to the wrong place. I've heard it said, it's still Jesus, it'll always be Jesus, and it'll never stop being Jesus. It is what we have to fall back on all of the time. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life in John chapter four, verse 16. What we need to understand is what got us here won't take us there. Celebrate the thing that got you here, but then turn your eyes right back to Jesus and say, Jesus, if you brought me here, I know you, you'll take me there. And let Jesus be the wave that you, that you ride in to the fall on. Jesus has gotta be the thing that we're looking at as we move into the fall. Proverbs chapter four, verse 25 and through 27, it says this, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. We're stepping into this receiving season. I believe we're stepping into this in heat season. And what we choose to focus on will be the thing that we produce in the next season of our life. What you need to also understand is the thing that you choose to focus on, the thing that you put your energy towards, everything that you, that you give yourself to, you're actually also giving it a right to place a demand on your life. It's like walking a dog that's bigger than you and stronger than you. He's at the end of the leash and because he's bigger and he's stronger, he is demanding the way in which you will go. So it is with our attention and the things that we focus our attention on. If I don't like the direction of my life, I should start reflecting on what am I giving my attention to? Because the thing that I'm giving my attention to is putting a demand. It is pulling me in a direction that it wants to take me. My mind, my thoughts, my emotions, the way that I feel, and the thing that I do that make up our soul, they will go in the direction of where my attention is pointed. I believe that if we would allow ourselves to get distracted by Jesus, if we'll choose to put Jesus in the way of everything else, he'll birth something through us that was once impossible. All of a sudden, healings just start breaking out at the mention of the name of Jesus in your life. All of a sudden, the people that are around you that you've known that have struggled with addiction all, a long, long time, at the mention of Jesus, they just get broken and they just get set free. Like, I just believe that God is setting us up for walking into something, and I believe that you're a part of something that, that carries, you're a part of a people that carries the impossible. The impossible is inside of you. It is a part of your DNA. If you carry Jesus, you carry the greater one on the inside of you. You're born for the impossible. I feel a call to holiness in the fall. Yeah, we should always be striving to live holy but I just feel like an extra, an extra bit of focus. I feel a call to live in wonder 
of who Jesus is and who God is in the fall, that we should stir up our childlikeness even more so than ever before. I feel a call to surrender, surrender in a brand new way. So I've put it, I've been putting the same thing on the altar. It's always on the altar. It's always on the altar. It's always on the altar. I feel like in the fall, the Lord is saying, we're gonna have to walk into a different level of surrender. One of the things that was spoken this week during the, the songwriting workshop was spoken out by uh, Catherine Scott. She said this, surrendered soil always produces. And she was talking about the soil of our heart, the condition of our heart and a surrendered heart to Jesus. It is what he will plant his seed in, but it will be also the type of soil that he brings fruit out of. A surrendered heart, a surrendered soil always produces. I don't know about y'all, but I can feel a breakthrough on the horizon. I can smell the rain coming. Yes, first I smell the dirt in West Texas, but then finally I actually start smelling the rain. And I just am believing God for your life. I really, really am. I'm, I'm praying constantly that you experience the God of the heavens and the God of the earth, the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the God that at one point allowed the Holy Spirit to impregnate a virgin named Mary so that she would carry a promise who was the name Jesus. And I believe that he could do the same in you, that he wants to deliver out of you a promise that will shake the earth forever. I believe that you were born for the impossible to do the impossible and to birth the impossible. I've said this in the last three times I've preached, and I'm gonna say it again. You were made for Jesus. You might think that you were made for a lot of other things. Yes, you were made to be a mom. Yes, you were made to be a dad. Yes, you're an employee. Yes, you're a son. Yes, you're a daughter. Yes, you're a brother or a sister or a cousin, whatever you are, but you were made for Jesus first and foremost. And I just want you to let that be enough. Because in the, in the midst of letting you be for Jesus and you being made for Jesus, he'll manifest things in your life that are far beyond your imagination. Solid colored sheep produce speckled and spotted offspring. Impossible without God. And I'm just wondering what God might do and what God might produce in your life that was once seemingly impossible. And I believe in the fall, we're gonna step into something that we've been waiting for for a really long time. And I'm just hoping and praying that I got some people around me that'll believe it with me. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.